Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. Hi, I'm Ben Carlson, and this is Why is College So Expensive? Since the turn of the century, the cost of college has risen at nearly 2.5 times the rate of inflation in the United States. Prices rose even faster in the 1980s and 90s. It's hard to imagine prices rising at double the rate of inflation for going on four decades now, but that's where we are. So why does the price of college continue to rise? These are the main theories. First, amenities like lazy rivers and rock climbing walls are out of control. Some people think there are too many administrators. Others think college professors make too much money. Then there's other ones that say demand is so high because college grads make more money on average. And then you have things like state funding that have been cut at many public universities. But there's another theory that doesn't get much play. What if prices aren't actually rising this fast? What if the sticker price of college is an illusion for most people? Ron Lieber from the New York Times shares some stats in his new book, The Price You Pay for College, that kind of blew me away. The average first-year full-time student in 2019 got a discount of 52.6% off list price. The average grant for public universities is more than $4,100 per year. 89% of students at private colleges get a need-based or merit-based discount on tuition. And people who do pay full freight tend to be those who attend more selective schools, rich people, or international students. Lieber notes, and I quote, On average, what families are actually spending hasn't gone up by completely unreasonable amounts over the past 20 years, even as the list prices have gone to the moon. That's because the discount rate has gone up steadily over time as well, unquote. The average price people pay for private colleges, including room and board, is just shy of $24,000 a year. Granted, this is still a high number, but less than the list price at many public universities where people also pay below sticker. Prices paid at in-state public universities, including room and board, are around $15,000 a year after accounting for discounts. Are these numbers much higher than they were in the past? Absolutely. Are they as bad as some people make them out to be? Not really. So why don't these schools just lower the list price? Lieber explains, and I quote, Race University, which has a giant endowment, subsidized its tuition for years of the earnings from it, but came to believe that its low list price suggested it wasn't as good as Harvard or even Emory. It raised its price dramatically and never looked back. Mount Holyoke College had success with regular double-digit percentage increases in the 1980s. Average SAT scores of students there rose in the wake of them. Even in the thick of the application process, plenty of families never learn what percentage of students at any given school are actually paying the list price. So colleges try to maintain the glossy shine of high retail as best they can. Unquote. Right or wrong, most people associate higher prices with higher quality. So where does all that tuition money go? Well, roughly 70% of the cost of college goes to administrators and teachers. So the biggest cost is just labor, and I don't see colleges deciding to scrimp on these costs anytime soon. The other big reason is states cut funding. One study cited by Lieber found cutbacks from the 2001 and 2008 recessions account for 80% of the price hikes at public universities. So unless we get a complete online overhaul of college from Apple or Google, the only real shot we have at lowering tuition would have to come from the government. So either taxes get raised or tuition costs continue to rise at most in-state public schools. For some reason, the government has not stepped in to help things on the tuition side of the equation, but it sounds like one way or another they're going to be helping on the student loan side of things. Student loans are still a huge number at more than $1.7 trillion and rising. Whether President Biden pushes through a plan to eliminate a certain amount of student loan debt or not, it sounds like a big piece of this $1.7 trillion will be written off eventually. The Wall Street Journal reported this past November that number could be upwards of $435 billion. The journal calls this number a loss for taxpayers, but it's really a gain for those who would have had those loans go bad anyway. Basically, there are rules in place that you have to have your loan forgiven based on a maximum repayment time, working for a nonprofit, or payments that are tied to income levels. So Democrats forgiving loans now will likely be, in some ways, loans that would have been forgiven in the future anyway. Now, 
I'm not saying there's not room for improvement. College tuition prices are still too high, and the government's handling of the student loan industry has been inept at best. They've let down a lot of young people. But maybe the numbers aren't as bad as some people would have you believe. For more from me, check out wealthofcommonsense.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. So-